one. That's too long. Oh, is it? Oh, it, uh, I started. I thought you clicked it. Oh, hello. Good morning, good evening, good night, and whatever. Um, this is the Marvelous Cinema Podcast <laughs> with your co-host, Henry, and... Matthew. Hey. We um, that one, didn't we? Wow. We're, do- <laughs> we're doing a podcast. This week... Our- you sound surprised that we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> this week, our topic is on popular opinions. Our unpopular opinions, plus... Yes. Someone else because they put on my social media. Yes. Oh. I did ask see if people wanted them. People you know how many, how many replies I had? Yeah. One. Ooh. They said, right, it's somebody I haven't spoken to for years. I immensely respect you. Thank you so much okay. for, um, yeah. I've said no names, so I'm not going to mention any names. <sighs> Thank you so much for saying it. Uh, he said um, he thinks the Shrek films after Shrek 3 are terrible because they have no innuendos in them. Oh. I'll be you know honest, what? I didn't know they went beyond three. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it's four. Do you know what the four is? What four, four is time travel. Really? I know it's Puss in Boots, isn't there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four is they go back in time to the first movie, but yeah. things are different. And this time, Fiona what? is a knight and Shrek is a nerd. And, oh, Puss in, Bo- Puss in Boots is fat. And Donkey is something else. Have I been living in an alternative You realm? have. You I have. only remember the first time one and two. Same. One, one's obviously, you know, it's one. Yeah, and it's one. Two's always the one I remember because I remember them sieging the castle and I remember the yeah. three blind mice that fall down the drain pipe. And I remember the... <laughs> oh, hero. Calling up for a hero to the night. Anyway, back on topic. We have our own unpopular opinions we'd like to share with you. Yes, so many, so many. So most of mine end up being... Things I don't like, but other mm. people seem to love. Oh, okay. But a lot of them were still um, things I love, but other people don't. Mm. I feel like it's going to be quite opposite then, because okay. mine are mostly things that I love, everyone else hates. Do you want to start? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. With possibly the most controversial of all oh, time. Oh, here we go. Okay. Is it Spider-Man 3? No. However, we'll get to it mm-hmm. later. Um, okay. So I wanna, I'm going to start with mm-hmm. a man that I like to call God. And Kevin Feige. No. <laughs> this, this goes, you defy him. I do. You worship false idols. I've changed religion. Um <laughs> Zack Snyder. Yes. And his D C E U whatever okay. films. Uh-huh. The first two, not the third one. <laughs> so I uh-huh. I love Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And I really like Batman v Superman. Yeah. These films currently mm-hmm. I think have like Fifty percent round tomatoes and Batman Superman has like twenty percent something. Really? Is yeah. that low? Yeah. Um uh-huh. so I love these movies. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a bit. <laughs> you, um, you, would you say you love Batman vs Superman? Honestly? I've learned to. <laughs> You've learned to I've came around. You know what? I admire that. Yeah. I admire um, that. Because it was a journey. It was <laughs> a journey. I saw Man of Steel uh-huh. when I was quite young, like thirteen when it came out. Really liked it. But then Around the age of 14, I learned what a critic was and I learned what the internet was. I went on the internet and found out everyone hated it. Yeah. So then I watched it again and again and all that and I realised I can't like it anymore because everyone else hates it. Uh-huh. So I go into that process of going, I can't like, like it because Rotten Tomatoes says I can't. Mm-hmm. And then Batman vs. Superman happens. Yeah. And I come in and I come out and I'm a bit mixed. I'm like, ooh, some great, some great stuff there, mm-hmm. some not so great stuff there. But then after like a month or so, I, everyone you talk to everyone that you hear on the internet is like it's just all bad and eventually you just believe it because you haven't watched it in a month and then you're like oh it must be all bad and you come back to it and you're like it's not that bad and you come back to it again and you're kind of like 
like it. They come out to it again. Like I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 um, I'm, I like Man of Steel. I think. Yeah. I think. Do you think I like it? Mm. I think Henry Cavill's a decent Superman. Yeah. But I'm versus Superman. I probably actually probably prefer that to Man of Steel. Really? It's because like there's more. Just because it's Batman and Superman. Yeah. I'll obviously, I will, I'll always get a base enjoyment of actually seeing them two, those two just yeah. go ham on each time. other. Yeah, yeah, it was the first time in live action we've yeah. seen them together, and that's, you know. I, 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 I think it loses it at the end with Doomsday. I think Doomsday should be there. Mm. Okay. Um, but I think Batfleck was an interesting version of the character. Yeah. And I'd like to have seen it actually fleshed out a bit more, yeah. more than. I always remember the f- when he's first sort of introduced as Batman, and it was a scene where he, the police find somebody who's beaten up. Yeah, and, and branded. He's, he's branded him. Yeah. He's I always thought that was a really, a really solid introduction to his version yeah, of Batman. Horror movie. Yeah, because yeah. it's not it's a, a Batman whose aggression level we haven't really seen before. Mm-hmm. I think it goes a little bit over the top with the fact that he obviously kills people in br- brutal ways. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I, I, I would have, I would have really liked to have seen more of that style of brutal Batman. And I yeah. hope that is what we're going to get with Robert Pattinson's. Maybe less killing. But so that, but that, also that older Batman, because mm. obviously ben, ben Affleck's not old. Yeah. He's slightly older. Yeah. Um, he's got that chin, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. I think he probably should have been allowed a bit more room there. Yeah. Um, also, the, the I also liked the, the dream sequence. I like all of them. Aside from mm. the Flash, my only problem with Batman Superman really is the fact that I don't like the world building of like emails and Flash coming through, through time. Yeah, it's the only thing yeah. that makes me go. F- I can't fully love this movie because it has that. I don't really want it. Yeah, um, it's long, isn't it as well? Yeah, it's long. Uh, but for me, it's like I don't really care. Oh like, yeah, with, me- like, with movies, yeah. I don't really care about life. I don't Neither know do I. I actually sometimes think that you know, if it's longer, it's better. Yeah, does have more time to do anything mm. you want. Particularly um, superior films. Um, mm. Hmm? Superhero films should be longer, whereas stuff like The Irishman, <laughs> it, it's three hours. Three and a half hours. And three and I, and a half hours. I have no problem with a film being three hours. Mm. I have a problem with a film being three hours if it's just three men. Three men in a car. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. I think I think it's it takes a lot to get your head around. And I'm not yeah. saying that like people are wrong for not liking it. Mm-hmm. You you can't get your hair around it. And you still don't like it. But for me, it took a long time for me to get my head around the fact that this Superman is not Christopher Reeve, or not even attempting to be like that level of like pure mm-hmm. of heart. And the thing is, I do think they established pretty well that he is pure of heart and he is kind of like truth yeah. and whatever. Yeah, they do. Uh, but I just think they did a really interesting thing where they put him in a world where you can't be that. Mm-hmm. So like every accent for him has some sort of like reaction in the world and it's always saying should Superman be doing this should he mm-hmm. be doing that even his dad's like he isn't I don't think he believes it but he says like maybe you should have let those people die uh-huh. to protect your own, your own identity because like they'll fear you more than anything else and they'll probably try to kill you with anything they can yeah and Lex does try to do that because you fear Superman because uh-huh. God or whatever Um, I just really like those two films together because I think the film ends on a pretty uh, Man of Steel ends in a pretty good mark, I would say, of like him killing Zod. It's a pretty good way of saying that he's chosen humans over Krypton. Mm-hmm. He's like, because he's just killed the last Kryptonite person, like um, Krypton person. 
Kryptonian. Yeah, Kryptonian. Kryptonian. If that's right. Yeah, it is. And then I love the fact that the big battle at the end of the Man of Steel has caused a lot of con- uh, controversy. Became the entire like plot of the second movie almost. Yeah, I did like that. I did yeah. like how that moment is of the the point where Bruce Wayne sort of turns against Superman. Yeah. So sort of looks up at him. Yeah, and fighting this in Metropolis. I think it also took me like a long time to get over the way Zack Snyder just decided to, to, to do things. Mm-hmm. So like a simple scene of like a person going to the parents' grave is like to him like okay we've got to have we've got to have mist we've got to have rain we've got to have slow motion we've got to have <laughs> flashbacks we're going to have like all mm-hmm. this beautiful imagery but like who knows what it all means and I think it took me a while to realize that if you just like if you just like just live in it and kind of like just like. Mm-hmm. Especially the music, which is great. The music is so good in those two films. Um, it's just like it's so epic, but like in a weird way of like anything to do is just always epic. Like going in a shower would be like the most epic thing in the world. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, yeah. and like Batflex uh, work with like a uh, montage of getting worked up. <laughs> like that, that thing at the end where he's like uh, doing those push-ups, mm-hmm. and his body is so scarred. Yeah, it's so scarred. Uh, that's what I mean by like an older Batman, yeah, a brutalized like, Batman. Cool. Also, I've just remembered. I really like Jeremy Irons Alfred. Yeah, he's great. He's like he? a really witty. Yeah, you can't because like he likes Bruce, but Bruce is a, a murdering idiot now. <laughs> so he's kind of <laughs> like murderer. Oh come on, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but like. Mm-hmm. I also like the ending now. I hated the ending before of Superman mm-hmm. dying, but I like the ending now. Again, it's part of the problem for me that it sort of it feels like it's rushed in there. I don't think it should be. It, it's, it's a storyline that should have weight on its own. Yeah. It, 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 a, a bit like with X-Men X3 Last Stand, right. where they do the mutant cure and right, yeah. um, um, Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix yeah. in the same film. Yeah. That's two things that are too big. Like Batman... Batman vs Superman and the death of Superman. I feel like putting them together in the same film sort of it dilutes both of them in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it, again, it's one of the things. Again, I had that opinion before. Mm. I, I came out of the cinema with that opinion, but then I watched it last time. I watched it and I was, yeah. I thought the entire film in a weird way when you think about what's kind of building to that moment mm-hmm. of a person who only wants to do the right thing. No one will let him do the right thing. Yeah. To the point where when he's doing the right thing, he feels like he's just like going through the motions and he's mm-hmm. depressed about it. To the point where at the end, he almost, um, like he he could have, I think people always point out as a plot hole mm-hmm. or whatever, even though I don't, f- maybe I'll be a topic one day that I don't think that's a real criticism, mm-hmm. barely ever. Um, But like uh, when Superman is talking to Bruce, uh, Batman, and he's he like, at any point everyone goes, can you just say that it's threatening my mom? and want to help me out and i mm-hmm. always think that it's interesting that he tries to do that but then at a certain point superman just turns doesn't even try anymore and i think people forget that there's been the yeah. whole two-hour film before that <laughs> setting up that yeah. the world hates superman and batman's kind of the like embodiment of everyone hating superman because mm-hmm. he wants to kill him yeah because he is superman and i think it's interesting that superman for a while they just didn't even care and it's like mm-hmm. i'm gonna just stop this man or at some point maybe even kill him because I'm sick of this world, <laughs> and you know what? Fair enough. And in that movie, fair enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I get that. I think a lot of weight is put on the whole Martha thing. Yeah, um, which I do <clears throat> at the time. I mean, being in the cinema, and even now, but specifically in the cinema, 
I didn't mind it. Hmm. Like I know all this all this opera. Oh, how stupid that they just they just have the same name. But I actually yeah. thought that was quite. I thought it was quite good. good I think way. it was a good way of also like because I think people the same it reminded me of um, people that saw the Last Jedi at the end saw the broom kid and yeah. thought he was going to be like, the actual like next person in the next movie doing mm-hmm. Jedi stuff. And it's it wasn't it was like the ending of of a, it was like a theme. Like scene, like this is the theme of the movie. Yeah, it wasn't a plot saying this is the kid that's going to be the hero in the next movie. So I think people took Martha as like, ah, the two mothers the same name. That means yeah. they're connected. Yeah, or whatever. It wasn't. It was more like, oh, he's got a mother. He's human. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I thought. Yeah, they. Fair enough. They have the same name. Yeah, but he always trying to do is save his mum, yeah. and that's what Bruce Wayne. Mm. That's what Bruce yeah. Wayne wants to do. And basically, basically the whole point of. Batman being Bruce Wayne is it's all triggered by his parents' death. Yeah. So like saying that death. my mom's gonna die and you can help me and him going and then like that would probably freak this guy out. Yeah. And also I do think in execution in execution it could be better, as in the sense that it is weird, even though personally I didn't find it that weird in cinema no, I didn't. people but like for me I never call my parents mom or dad, I call them Helen and Tony <laughs> every time. I never call my my parents mom or dad in years. So when Superman says Martha. I didn't think it was weird, but I yeah. think everyone else does because he calls her mom, ma- his mom Martha before he says mom or mother or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that threw people off. Was I thought okay, I could even done better. Maybe he just says mom. You're gonna kill my mother, 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 Martha instead yeah. of Martha, Martha, Martha. Lois comes in, mother. You know, so maybe that could have been done better, but mm-hmm. better. But for me, it just worked anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't agree with you. So for me, I think. I just wish that Snyder could have like finished it off. As if Justice League was actually his. Yeah, and even though Justice League was ever going to be truly his vision, because even after the uh, Batman v Superman, it got changed even before he's like had to step away. Mm-hmm. So like it was always going to be a bit changed and like kind of rushed into one movie. Mm-hmm. But there's a three and a half hour movie out there that is his. You want film. the Snyder cut, don't you? Yeah, I want it so much, and it's a three and a half hour movie out there. And the one we have in cinemas, we have one we have at home right now, is under two hours, and apparently it's been confirmed since like then that there's only ten percent of his footage is in that movie. Really? Yeah, ten percent. Only ten percent. Yes, ten percent. Like things like the final battle, some of the moments in the like setting up characters, but even then they've been like reshot. Really? Yeah. So those moments, even if you look yeah. at the trailers, like for the like the Comic Con trailer from like mm-hmm. years before, like the before that time I moved moved away. And compared to the scene in the movies, everything looks different. Like the hair is different. Yeah. People have gained weight. People have lost weight. There's like a there's a scene of um, Cyborg looking out the window, and the bricks look so much better in Zack Snyder movies. But I don't know what I don't know why they changed the bricks in the Odin version. The bricks look hard, look like cardboard. So I'm thinking, did they just build a cardboard? <laughs> like a cardboard out of a brick did. wall. Yeah, just to reshoot the same thing. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just okay. want to see it be finished at some point. If it's finished, I want to see it, but I don't yeah. really want to see an unfinished film. I think that'd be be worse than actually having the bad film in the first maybe, place. Maybe, But, like, I just want to see it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You? Anything? Um, On them? What do you mean? Unpopular opinion. Next? Oh. Um, I'm just going to verify with my phone. Um, so, if we're, t- if we're talking good... Um, I still, two months after its release, I still adore oh. Last Jedi. Not Last Jedi, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. 
I still I still think it's amazing. Yeah. And that the criticism it got mm-hmm. from particularly critics was completely unwarranted. Mm. And it just is a testament to the state of the Star Wars community. Yeah. And all the the bitterness and the war that's going on over it. Yeah. I just really like the film. Mm. I think and I also really like Ray mm-hmm. as the protagonist. She's arguably Star Wars is the best protagonist. Yeah. I think she's more I relatable than Luke. Particularly at the start. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um Yeah, I mean I I'm willing to admit that it, it maybe under the right circumstances it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Could have been longer. It, could, it could have been longer. Yeah. Um but it's mm. a Star Wars film. Yeah. It has all Star Wars y things in it. Yeah. It has the characters that we love. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just I just really like I it. Just, with Fire Skywalker, I had a weird feel. As it is a complicated mm-hmm. feeling with it because I remember watching it, and every decision made was like one that I just wouldn't make, mm-hmm. and then every decision made was one that I liked anywhere. Yeah. And even by the end of it, realized that I loved them more, mm-hmm. and more, most of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's weird because obviously there's been two months since it came out. Yeah. And there's been more and more criticism. I've been on Twitter all the time every day because I'm an idiot. I'm a, I'm a millennium. Um. And everyone just pointing out flaws or whatever mm-hmm. and all this, and there are some good points. I'm yeah, hearing. oh yeah. And yeah. but like some of them are just like, I wanted the film to be this, and it wasn't this. Therefore, I don't even want to try and look at what it was. <laughs> and some of it is dumb plot hole stuff mm-hmm. because it's always just I don't know why it's it's really getting bad now. Yeah, I mean it's been getting bad for a while. Like Red Media, didn't Cinema Sins? Oh like, god, yeah. They like, they've yeah. been they've been those channels are really popular because. This feature like a higher, I don't know what it is, but I see every saw like a tweet thread going on recently of someone that loved Rise Guy what couldn't wait for the new High Republic books, mm-hmm. and someone replied back to them saying, "How could you think that Rise Guy was a good movie?" And then he was just saying, "That's the way I feel." Uh, this, 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 and that, mm-hmm. and just being kind and not yeah. that like a dick about it. And a guy comes back at him, and he's like, "I've not seen Red Letter Media's uh, video on it," and he quotes him, and the quote is from Red Letter Media is. Um, I don't want to be the type of guy that says if you think a movie is bad, then you are you have bad taste in movies. But if you, if you like the sequels, all of them, if you like the sequels, you have bad taste in movies. Oh, wow! Like objectively, <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, this sucks so hard. Like, why? What? Why? Why is there a need to do that? Yeah, and then what was even worse? Which okay, so right for me, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but in mm-hmm. my mind, I put it into a really good like metaphor of the way I see logic in movies. Um, we've all heard that quote at some point where I think Roger Ebert said like movies are a machine that makes empathy so if that's a machine if we call it like a physical machine mm-hmm. all like the doors like the plot uh, side is the story uh, the characters are like the window thing um, the logic and like actual like full like logic reality proof you can't question anything that happens it's like the screw in the back that I have no idea why it's there mm-hmm. but it seems important everyone would like hate me or took it out yeah. So I'm just gonna leave it there. I don't understand. I don't really care about the logic, you know. Yeah. Well, I I always think with logic within films, mm-hmm. you don't. <laughs> one one of the things I always say is that <clears throat> to say something to to criticize something for being unrealistic mm-hmm. or or um you know, just just unrealistic. Yeah. I just find that a shit. <laughs> criticism yeah because it's never really because real 
What's real is the the if something in the film mm-hmm. breaks its own reality. Yeah. Then yes, fair enough. Yeah. I don't, that that is a valid yeah. criticism. But if you're saying something's unrealistic just because it's different mm-hmm. from our world. Yeah. Yeah. Then because so, a world establishes its own logic. Yeah. And as long as it maintains that logic, it's mm-hmm. fine. That's the whole point of escapism. Yeah. A logic that's different from ours. Yeah. So there's something called verisimilitude, mm-hmm. which is that it is a world they develop their own world of mm-hmm. rules and logic that can that can be stretched. It can be like sort of malleable, but it can't be like you can't really break. It's like Indiana Jones Four, mm-hmm. a movie a franchise that's been built on being very tactile, very rugged, very practical stunts. Having like just Cyril Buff, Cyril Buff on a green screen doing like somersaults with monkeys on like wires. That's when you. That's when it's broken. That's mm-hmm. when you can feel yourself come out the movie. But like, the logic of how does space work in Star Wars, or how mm-hmm. does the Force work in Star Wars? Fuck off. <laughs> like yeah, you know, it's just, the Force is a Force, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, I, I as, as well as having the logic in the film, it's also up to interpretation mm-hmm. because there's no, there's no concrete thing of this is how the Force works. Mm-hmm. This is how it must always work. Yeah, and. On that Twitter, like Fred of that guy talking about the mm-hmm. Red Letter Media, and the other guy, like Rise Skywalker, he was just talking about how like the way it made him feel, and that's what movies primarily do. The way to make him feel, yeah, was it, like a really good feeling. Not mm-hmm. even like it made me feel good. Like it was like a satisfying. I just enjoyed it, yeah, and I got emotional about it. And the guy replies with, "But that's what what movies are about." It'll not it says something. Oh, this because a movie makes you feel good does not mean it's, does not mean it's a good movie. You should be thinking more. And you should That's be like, not the point. It's so weird. I I hate it because I don't understand going just going to a movie mm-hmm. in general, and wanting like one hundred percent logic, one hundred percent like adherence to like law, like Star Wars law that's been going on for far too long to be even comprehensible. Mm-hmm. Um, so many other things, and I can't understand someone coming out of a movie and saying they enjoyed a movie a hundred percent because they just watched logic, like something that made sense. Yeah. I never came out of a movie and went, wow, that movie made sense. I'm really <laughs> happy about that. I never came out of Star Wars mm-hmm. thinking anything. I, my main thought would come out of Rise Skywalker was Ray's arc and how mm-hmm. much I loved it and how much the character appealed to me and yeah. how much I loved her growth and how the thing I hate, oh, I thought I'd hate more would be her being a Palpatine would turn, became something that I really kind of liked. And I was thinking, like, is the difference between, like, it's just so odd. Like, because everyone... Cinema scenes and all that stuff, like, they really put pressure on people to, like, think mm-hmm. harder or something. Because that means you're smarter. You can prove yeah. it, you can prove it wrong. You're smarter than the filmmakers or whatever. Yeah. It's like, it's, why? why? It's just such an odd thing where people like to hate films. Yeah. Like, proper, yeah, proper it, get into it. Happens and a lot I don't then. understand that because it's also... It's, it's actually cruel mm. on several levels. Yeah. Because if there is somebody actually like the film like like we yeah. do yeah and you see constantly people ripping it to shred and saying all right if you like this film you have no taste yeah that's not very nice to you if you see that but yeah. also this the, these films particularly star wars are worked on by hundreds and hundreds of people yeah. who love star wars yeah and they want to do their best and they're doing their no best one they're working movies. hard yeah and you're just coming in saying like shit yeah. Oh, the 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 Star Destroyer designs are, yeah. are lazy. Yeah. You don't have the right to say that in a way. You don't have to say that it's you lazy. You have the right to an opinion. Yeah. You have the right to an opinion. You can say 
you don't like something, yeah. that's fine. That's sort of part but, of the debate. But, but there's the... no reason to be a dick about it. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know? That's it, really, isn't it? There's no reason to insult it. Yeah. It's like, you could be funny about it. You can have yeah. like some fun. Like, even last episode, like half an hour ago, uh, Jurassic World 3 came out. So uh-huh. It's coming out. I was kind of groaning. I really didn't want to watch yeah. this movie. I don't really like the first two. Uh-huh. But I wasn't like, fuck this. I fuck all this. Fuck this director. <laughs> they just don't be working in cinema anymore. Get them out. This yeah. doesn't make sense. This, and I think it's funny to think about how Chris Pratt put his hand in the lava and it came out and he went out. <laughs> That's not actually the biggest problem with that movie. That's not even a really problem with that movie. It's uh-huh. just funny and kind of like a weird thing. Mm-hmm. The problem with that movie is that the pacing is off. The characters are really dull. CGI dinosaurs are like this running everywhere doing some things uh, yeah and like stuff like that and it's just like I don't it, movies are like magic tricks it's, you're mm. looking over here looking at all the characters like doing all these fun stuff uh, progressing character arcs mm-hmm. plot is moving forward and whilst over here this doesn't make any sense this is broken this character why would this character do, do but like you were taken with this and good movies are like are really good magic tricks where you just yeah. don't even you don't even care that it's not logical like the real world is, which is never what the point is. Because m- magic is, you know, yeah. as inherent as it is, yeah, it lacks logic. Mm-hmm. There's no logic to magic. No. And all movies, in a way, are kind of like representations of reality, which mm-hmm. means that it's a representation. It's not the same thing. <laughs> like, it's just a person's view on it. Yeah. And I never, I never came out of film thinking, no. wow, that made sense. That's a good movie. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh, here we go. So that, yeah. that, that's my point. Do you, do you have another one you want to go with? Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so I don't think you could probably have opinion on this subject you haven't watched it. Really. Uh-huh. But Game of Thrones, the last season, uh-huh. isn't it? Yeah. I really love it. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of adore it. Um, <laughs> however, I don't think anyone else does. <laughs> um, I haven't found many people that yeah. do. Um, so it's one of those things even where I was, I was like, trying to find someone on the internet and I found like a few like a few yeah. and even recently by chance I saw Game of Thrones tweet uh, tweet uh, tweet, uh, tweet <laughs> which is like talking about Jason and how good it was and how it didn't get the hit and that's all that's literally for me that's all I need there's one person it's one per- I just need one person to be like yeah. okay I'm not a crazy person uh-huh. Um, so so like people are like I know there's like a group there so I'm like okay I'm not crazy Um, <laughs> so with this this is a weird thing because um I generally think this ending was so fucking great. But in a <laughs> Have you wi- finished it now? Yeah, yeah. So fully finished it. Uh-huh. And I think it's such a weird, interesting ending to have to show that no one would ever want. As in, <laughs> everything that happens is kind of like... It's kind of like putting on a whiteboard what everyone wants, what everyone thinks for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. What everyone, even if they... Do, it's not even like doing what they want, but in a cool, different way they didn't expect. It is going... What they want? No. No. <laughs> and I think the the overall story of all mm-hmm. eight seasons, when you look back on it, over the context of season eight, is so interesting to me and it makes the story completely different mm-hmm. that I can't help but respect it so much. <laughs> like, okay, I, I'm about to spoil it. I'm sorry. I'm about to spoil it. Can I spoil it? You can for me. I know it. I know okay. how it ends. You know how it ends? I know how it all ends, of it, yeah. really? Um, Most of it, yeah. Yeah. And if, you know. So the big, I think the biggest twist probably <laughs> mm-hmm. is that Daenerys Targaryen the dragon queen whatever mm-hmm. is kind of have a, has a breaking point and kind of is, turns a bit mad for a second not even mad but kind of is evil for a second and burns down everyone in, King Land- in King's Landing the main place so he burns down like 
kids, chill like children, women, men, just walking around, soldiers on both sides. Mm-hmm. And I think that moment works for me. And I think it's because I knew it was coming from season one. Yeah. So when I'm watching all these scenes happening for eight, seven seasons, seven and a half seasons of her doing these really heroic things, which, by the way, in Game of Thrones, heroic means you're killing someone to save someone else. It mm-hmm. always means you're killing someone. <laughs> so when it sees murdering people in fire and doing all these horrible things but the music and the fact that they're bad guys means you're going yes this is a good thing the music's being like really like heroic therefore you're like yes this is always a good thing Mm -hmm. but because i knew i was going is it good though so i would question everything she was doing a bit in my head Uh it's like if i just played different music is that like the most horrific thing in the world (laughs) usually it was Mm -hmm. so and i think they put it really good in last episode where Tyrion, the like dwarf character says she's been killing people for seven seasons, not seven seasons, but like for ages. Mm-hmm. And every time we've been telling us is a good person because they're bad people. And it got, it's got to the point now where she believes that she's good because mm-hmm. we've told her so many times that she's good. Yeah. So killing everyone in King's Landing to her is a way of doing breaking the cycle of uh, kings and all this and all that that she has a goal for. Mm-hmm. And she has no fear, she has no love in this part of the land. Everyone has fears her. And that's her way of like eradicating that fear and kind of being respected uh-huh. and apparently loved. Um, so I find that so interesting because what it does when you look back on it now is that the entire way through the series you're looking mm-hmm. to the north and there's these things called like zombie thing like the Night King and all this and they're coming and the entire way they a dick for it. Imagine, imagine Avengers. Imagine for uh, MCU. Yeah. Thanos, every movie is coming. Thanos is coming. Oh, and at the end Iron Man's a villain. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. And I, I can't help but love it <laughs> so much because <laughs> The zombie thing happens, episode three. It's an mm-hmm. hour and a half long episode, one of the longest episodes, and it's, one, it's the, long, the longest episode, and it's the greatest battle. It's really great. It's actually like genuinely great battle. That's saying like really well done. But it ends at mm-hmm. the end of the episode. It, it ends that they kill the Night King. It all ends. The zombie invasion that everyone was fretting about for seven, mm-hmm. seasons, uh, seven seasons. So and I think that everyone, that immediately threw everyone off. Because everyone going into it for season eight was always going to be an entire season of the long night the zombie coming peeve like thing the war the big war against mm-hmm. the dead um so when it ends season f- episode three in a six episode season you're wondering what the fuck we're doing episode <laughs> three four, uh, four five six so when it turns out that happens and they they end character arcs really weirdly mm-hmm. like a character that imagine for two seasons there's been like a really evil character and then for about five seasons they become a really good character like they've gone up to like a massive growth, and at the end, they do this weird thing where I think I know which character you're talking about. Jamie, yeah, Lannister, and they do this weird thing that I think people took the wrong way, where, and I think it, it comes all together in a package of what that episode is of good guys, bad guys. It doesn't matter anymore, <laughs> like because you see Jon Snow, they're opposing to the Lannisters helping each other to get away from the fire-breathing dragging ahead of them, <laughs> and there's children yeah. and there's people running where Arya's around. Everyone doesn't matter who you are to survive, mm-hmm. and this doesn't matter. Lannister, royal blood, whatever. And I think Jamie deciding that he loves his sister because you know, sleep game of yeah. and going back to her to save her and kill a person to get um, kill a, one of the villains to get to her. And people forget as well that he isn't going to search to like be in love with her and become evil again and rule the kingdoms. Mm-hmm. It's to get to get her to stop, to ring the bell so that the war stops and then go away. That's the plan. Yeah. For him to go there 
ring the bells, war stops, go away, live happily ever after in a faraway land. Mm-hmm. And when he gets there, he has to kill once again to get the Cersei. And at the end, they die together in each other's arms in a real like, kind of emotional way. And it's the first time we see Cersei, who's his sister, like become a human being in a way, kind of. But like, she's becoming more and more evil, like really evil throughout the entire season. And at the end, she becomes really human and just cares for like the baby she has like going on in the baby area here. Um, okay. And she's just like worrying about that because they're about to die. There's rumble, like rubble coming mm-hmm. down. And they die together. And I think that's a really interesting way of ending a character arc where this entire time you've been learning this, this bad guy is actually good. Yeah. And it turns out the person that he loves as a complete evil person, there is something, there's something still humane about that there. Mm-hmm. And I think, and then it ends with Jon Snow, everyone thought it was going to be the king, going to the kit, like the beyond the wall again to be with the free people because he's being put there because he killed the uh, Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it ends in a really interesting way where the starts come back together and I think everyone was expecting to be happily ever, happily ever after in their hometown. The fact that they all came back, had like a bit of moment happily ever after and then thought, we've all changed far too much. We can't just stay here. <laughs> and he goes to the north, Sansa becomes the queen of the north and Arya goes to the west where no one's ever been and Bran becomes the king of all like kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting how Bran's a king because the entire way through, everyone wants something. And I think George R. R. Martin was like saying something about how like war is never worth it, and how everyone, even they think you're fighting the, on the side of good, is not worth it. If you want to kill people and take human life and all that, so I think Daenerys, who you think is being good all this time, mm-hmm. still is still taking life and all that, and like being inhumane in many ways. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that Bran, a person who has no personality anymore, he's the something called the Free Eyed Raven. Uh-huh. So he's not even in his own body or head. Mm-hmm. And he just has he has all the knowledge of the past and kind of knows the future. He doesn't really want to be king. And Tyrion's like, he's perfect then. He doesn't <laughs> want anything. He just protect us. You know? He just like you still do he look like do the eye thing and just like yeah. know the future and all that. And it's like that's the perfect thing, really. Well yeah, I thought I way you've explained it, that sounds yeah. pretty good. And I think because I never, well, I, when I was like on Twitter when it was coming out, anything, the way people put it made it sound horrible. Bran becomes king, even though he's a wheel, like a guy in a wheelchair that has no power aside from seeing the past. Um, Jon Snow's aware, uh, apparently, the Daenerys twist makes no sense. Jamie's character growth is like completely like over, like just completely done. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that when you watch it and you actually like just watch it without that eye, it's like, oh, he just didn't. You, I don't want. To, I don't want to say they didn't get it, uh-huh. but to me, it just worked really well. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I don't want to get off my chest. That's what was a good <laughs> ending. I just loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, good stuff. You. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a lot. <laughs> I have to go with another one that I like. Um, oh. Do you want? Do you, do you want to go? Right, I've got two here. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go cheesy eighties or Tarantino? Eighties. Mm-hmm. Field of Dreams is the perfect 80s film. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. You know, you know Field of Dreams? Yeah. I adore Field of Dreams. Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner. Right, okay. Basically, um, he... I won't spoil it for you, but he's, he's a, an, I think it's an Iowa, Iowa farmer mm. in Iowa right. with uh, his wife and his kid. Yeah. And his dad used to... Um, I think his dad used to either be a baseball player Mm-hmm. Always a big baseball fan, right. um, and one day, sort of in his fields, in in of dreams, it's in his field of corn, or whatever. Yeah, 
And he hears a voice that says, build it and they will come. Right, okay. Um, and so I, I think yeah, he has a, he keeps on hearing it, and he has, I think he has a dream or like a hallucination that there's a baseball field on the back where the field is. Yeah. So that he then he decides that what the voice means is build it and they will come. Mm-hmm. Or he... Oh, it's build it and he will come. Is that, or like this? That, 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 is that, that that's the thing? Because his, his dad's dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he does. He he decides to get rid of all the corn mm-hmm. and build a baseball field in his on his farm. Yeah. And then from there on, it's sort of the point of he he hears the voice again at certain parts, mm-hmm. and they tell him to do things. Like they tell him to kill f- the children. <laughs> <laughs> no, they tell him to go find um, a, a writer, right? Um, and the um, the writer's played by um, James Earl Jones, the guy who voices Darth oh, Vader. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really weird when wow. you meet you meet him yeah. and you just you just hear Darth Vader. Yeah, a, a hybrid of Darth Vader and Mufasa. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so, and then his brother wants him to sell the farm. Mm. To buy the farm because, of course, he's got rid of his field, so most of his inco- income's gone. Yeah, and he's chasing this dream. Um, and one one day, one man when he's built the field, so this is about halfway through before he has to go and find Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the there's a team of baseball players mm-hmm. who, um, in the past, and I think it was in the 20s or the 30s, they were banned from ever playing baseball again because they took um a payoff yeah so the ghosts of all the baseball players Ooh. appear to play baseball because that's what they want to do okay. they just want to play baseball what and he sort of plays with him and there's the leader who, who who's the voice is Ray Liotta yeah. the actor uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson is the character it's, it's a real person yeah oh, the baseball, right. the baseball team are real it's a real baseball team oh okay they're, they're are they actually dead then like at that time yeah oh okay and so there's got, they've got all the ghosts and it's about playing with them uh, wow. Play baseball with them, and they have to follow a load of them, and then the, the, the message then becomes: build it, and they will come. Mm-hmm. And the the whole thing like it, it ends really quite abruptly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to spoil Explosion. it. For, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'll, I won't go into right. it if you don't want me to. Uh, I kind of want to watch this. Do you want to watch it? Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll leave it. But basically, it's quite a not abrupt. You sort of feel it coming, mm-hmm. but it's really just sort of. It's sort of the final shot mm-hmm. where the the sort of the, the 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 theme of the the whole of the film, or the, sort of the point of it, isn't quite delivered until right at the end. Or not, sorry, I'm sort of mis-selling it. If it was the whole point, but mm. sort of the, the 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 whole point of, um, or oh, your 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 farm will go bankrupt. You'll you'll you make your wife and your kids homeless. Yeah, that's sort of, it's actually the un- underlying story. Mm-hmm. Like the main focus is on the baseball field and interaction with the ghosts. Yeah, which has a really sort of it, it gets you, you know, <laughs> it, gets it, you, it gets you right in the chest. Yeah, but in the final shot, it answers sort of the bit about the the farm thing, and it's just the final shot, and it's just you know, <laughs> it it brings a tear to your eye. Yeah, and it's just it's so cheesy eighties yeah. American things. <laughs> Kevin Costner. Yeah. Oh, it's just. I had no it's idea. Just it was so about like dead, like fearful people. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> but it's such a wonderful film. Yeah, it's just a happy, happy, happy film. You just, you just feel good after yeah. you've watched it. Damn, I've heard a lot about it. I don't know where from, but mm-hmm. yeah, just watch it. Yeah, I will at some point. Watch it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Mm-hmm. My next one. 
for me, probably a bit an obvious sh- uh, choice. Uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man 3. Um, I, Here we go. Yeah. This as a kid. where the fun begins. Yeah. <laughs> as a kid, seven years old. Mm-hmm. Of course, I love this movie. Uh-huh. Spider-Man. Um, uh, went away for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, came back. Uh, probably still liked it. Mm-hmm. And then, what, you know, 14, 13, learned that critics were a thing. And everyone yeah. hated it and all that. Oh, yeah. with Leslie. Until recently, I've uh, in the last few years, I've discovered that critics uh, they don't mean anything. Yeah, their opinions I mean, mean nothing. Their opinions are valid. <laughs> yeah, they're but, valid. obviously, yeah. yeah. Obviously, I don't want to dismiss them completely by saying, but they don't, they don't have to influence yours. Yeah, they, unless you like want them to. Yeah. They don't have to define what you think. Yeah, like yeah. So. There are a lot of reviewers that I, dis- that I respect immensely hmm. and that I will continue and always watch. Yeah. I've had major disagreements with their opinions before, but obviously I'm still, still going to keep listening to them. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, and then I just wouldn't let myself like like it at all. Like, so I remember at one point I was watching the film with someone and it was more like we were watching cause to, make, to make fun out of it because it was mm-hmm. just so bad. Um, and we were watching it and it was more little points where I was watching it. I was like, can you not talk? I want to watch the scene. This is a good scene. Like scene. Yeah. The Sandman scene. That's a really good mm-hmm. scene. That scene, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> there's so many good things in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do I like this movie? I don't think I'm allowed <laughs> to like this movie. And then once we realise I can't like it and more people were like going, this is a good movie, <laughs> guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, this is a great movie. Yeah. I kind of I kind of love this movie. I I remember when I, when I was a kid as well, mm-hmm. I remember I've never liked the, the Peter Parker dancing. I've never like I've never liked sort of the the him going a little bit evil thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was never particularly a fan of the Eddie Brock we got. Yeah. Okay. But I think that's sort of cancelled out by the fact I absolutely love Sandman in this. Oh, he's great, isn't he? It's just so he's so good. Like the first scene where you see him become Sandman, mm-hmm. it just it's actually really sad. Yeah. Like the it's fact, really the fact, like the fact that he sort of he gets turned into the sand by the machine, yeah. and there's a little medallion of his daughter, mm-hmm. and he can't pick it up. Yeah, that's just beautiful. Has to grow it? out of it. And yeah, like, oh, it's so good. And then later on as well, you have the bit like he accidentally killed mm-hmm. Uncle Ben. Yeah, um, I I really like that as well. Same. I actually hate it, but I Did kind you? of I love it now. I I love it now, and also yeah. he's he's the only Spider-Man villain to survive, isn't he? Yeah, he like goes, he stands away. And again, another beautiful bit yeah. where he just sort of, he has sort of the conversation with yeah. Spider-Man and then he just sort of... He says, I, Tobin quite, <laughs> Peter Parker says like, I forgive you, which is something he never did. He practically almost pretty much killed the killer before in Spider-Man mm-hmm. 1. So he never really got, he never really got over that element of it. Yeah. So for him to at the end of it say, I forgive you to Sandman is like a big thing. And the fact mm-hmm. that you're like, he sands away. Yeah. Like in a really soft way. It's like so good. Yeah. Um, but, okay. Peter Parker dancing and being evil. <laughs> um, I love the cheesiness of the Raimi movies, but I do still think that him uh, pulling down his hair and just getting eyeliner every once in a while is really kind of like, okay, a bit weird. <laughs> um, I think it's too far that bit. Mm-hmm. But him dancing, I genuinely love. Because number one musical, I like musicals. I just find it so awkward. Oh, it is. It absolutely is so <laughs> awkward. And mm. I love musicals. Number one, number two. I think it took me a while to realize that that, that, that is the point. 
that like him you cringing and feeling really weird but also kind of laughing at him <laughs> is the entire point and peter parker uh-huh. being cool would be that mm-hmm. especially that peter parker who has no idea what cool is that would be cool to him <laughs> and i think i think i really like the one in the street i'm not that big of a fan in the one that, I mean, in the, the, the jazz bit where he's sort of moving his hands yeah, and gyrating his hips yeah i think that's the most unsettling part yeah, the yeah. Hip movement towards people that he's just walking past as well yeah. just towards them um, but then Again, he does it to two, he does it to several women, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that happened now, oh no, 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 <laughs> couldn't, no, no. It'd be done for sexual assault. Yeah, um, <laughs> making gyration <laughs> movements to random women in the street. Uh, yeah, and but yeah, but the second dance, yeah, I'm not. I rather it wasn't. I like it, mm-hmm. but I rather it wasn't there because I don't. I feel it doesn't really complement the scene in the yeah. jazz club. Because after that scene, it's him hitting hit Mary Jane, which is. <laughs> way to go from a dancing to that you know yeah i think that's the one thing i like yeah i'd rather that wasn't in there but i do mm-hmm. like it anyway um and i uh so i love the fact that this film similar to game of thrones uh <laughs> is it's weird that in this film the biggest villain is spider-man <laughs> he he is the biggest villain mm-hmm. in this movie he before i guess before the blast even remotely happens he is full of ego full of pride there's even a part where he's picturing, M- uh, he's like taking pictures of MJ in um, his like own uh, Spider-Man concert thing, mm-hmm. and like at a certain point he points the camera like slightly away from her to take a picture of the Spider-Man logo, and like oh this guy's <laughs> getting weird, and then he gets weirder, yeah. and then he gets like more egotistical, then he doesn't even communicate with MJ anymore, mm-hmm. and then P- uh, Sandman comes in and he hates Sandman because he killed his uh, Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Hatred comes into the picture. Symbiote it enhances all of this. Yeah. He gets worse and worse to the point where he hurts Mary Jane, like physically. Mm-hmm. And that's the point where he goes, What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> and then we get that amazing scene where he pulls off the suit. Yes, I do. That is great. Where it hits the, be- hits the, um, yeah. the church bell. And like the church bell like, makes him like venom out of it. Yeah. For, like a little bit. Um, I like, I don't love New Goblin in it. Um, <laughs> it's a bit awkward, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I kind I like the, I like the scene like the the fight scene that happens at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I kind of like seeing Harry and uh, Peter 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 be friends again when he has amnesia, but the amnesia plot in general is kind of like I, I hate what happens mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, I get why I did it as well because like I doesn't have time to like mm. handle all his characters and have them all progress in a way. So he has to kind of be like, oh Harry, he's no longer a villain for a bit. <laughs> That's what happens really, uh-huh. and then. Uh, I just think it's such a, a weird like juggling act of so many different things, and I think Sam Raimi is so good that somehow he made some, like a great film out of it, but not a perfect film like I think the other two kind of are. Mm-hmm. But he made like a pretty great film out of it, and I think the third act is so like it is up there with Spider-Man one and two of like it is that good for me. The third act of the thing, yeah. everything coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's um. It gets an unnecessarily bad rep, I think. Yeah. It is a lot better because at the end of the day, it's Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. And you, you know it's a Sam Raimi film. There's Obviously, there's a lot about the studio intervention yeah. in that particular film. Mm-hmm. But it's still, particularly with the dancing, like it felt very Evil Dead. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, and I think it's weird that... Because I, I remember, I always heard Black Suit's been forced into this movie, then mm-hmm. it's forced into the movie. Yeah. And I always agreed with it. Mm-hmm. And I still kind of do. But I think, I don't even think he I do. does. I think it. He's been it, forced to put it. Sorry, moment. he's forced to put it. I think it works really well in the film, even though he's forced to do it. Yeah. So I think that's what I was he, say, he yeah. did it well. You know, he didn't want to do it. Yeah. So like, 
the suit comes into the picture and it enhances all these things that are happening anyway. Mm-hmm. So it happens like I don't think it's it's used very well. Mm-hmm. And I think Eddie Brock not being comic accurate or whatever, I don't really mind that much when it's he's no, such I... like he's such a dickhead. That's what I love about him. <laughs> he he is Peter Parker without the moral compass. Yeah. He's a nerd that got bullied. I think that he he's all the world because everyone bullied him at school. So he's like I'll I'll take fake pictures, Photoshop pictures of Spider Man and expect money for him, and mm. I'll expect no problem with this at all. Uh-huh. And I'll go on one date with Gwen and expect to have get married the next day. He's like, well, he's an idiot. He's an actual idiot. And as you know, you know when the party goes to church and says he says to God, like to the the Christ uh, Jesus symbol, mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you one thing to kill Peter Parker. Who goes to church to ask to kill someone? I want you, God, to kill this man for me, please, <laughs> in church. What? Um, I, he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think people are turned off by that, obviously, but mm-hmm. I kind of like him as like a dark mirror to Peter. Yeah. 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 Venom and Eddie Brock are very good in that sense. Yeah. And again, it's a case of, well, it's different from the comics, but that isn't necessarily the reason mm-hmm. why you need to dislike it. If you do. The, similar to Green Goblin in the first movie, he's the only character that dies because of the, like, they just wouldn't change from the path of way of like evil and all that yeah it's like uh, Harry dies in a really good like scene Mm -hmm. in like a heroic way Sandman like not dies but goes away in like a like a melancholy sort of heroic kind of way Mm -hmm. Um, and Venom he doesn't want to redeem himself he thinks he's right anyway he thinks doing bad things is a good thing because he's uh, he's getting what he's old old so I think it's interesting the way he dies by the way, do you know like when he jumps into the venom and it it like explodes? Uh-huh. You see his skeleton. Do you? Yeah. Yes, actually, I, I think I, I think I oh. do remember that. I love you, Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> that little touch. Yeah. A little, little slightly savage touch. Yeah. I just love it. <laughs> it's a good film. I would agree with you. Yeah. There's a lot going on, but I think what it does with it is pretty good. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he's got if if you turn your turn off to a lot of the criticism <clears> and just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Which to me is a great film. Yeah. <laughs> I am. yeah. 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 There we go. You got one? Um, you know what I was going to say before? I don't know if it's necessarily a major unpopular opinion or if other people think this, but I've always felt it might be unpopular. Mm-hmm. And that is that uh, Django Unchained is Tarantino's best film. I wouldn't disagree. Mainly um, because it's just. I've seen, I think I've seen it once probably. Mm, right. I have to admit that. Yeah. But I there's so much of it that I remember. Yeah. Um obviously it's very unsettling because it's mm. extremely racist. A lot of stuff. No, not necessarily a film is racist, but a lot of racist things happen. Yeah. A lot of characters are off uh, that time. But it's as a Western mm-hmm. I just think it's it's, pro- pretty great. it's, it's Tarantino's finest work. I remember yeah. the I like the way you die, boy. Yeah. That's probably the line that sticks out to you most. I think it's... DiCaprio plays a villain that is completely evil. Mm. Completely evil. It's just racist on every level, but it's still... Yeah. Charismatic. Yeah. And I think it's... Uh, yeah, I, I really do enjoy Django Unchained as well. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the, the, I remember the shootout at the end mm. in, the, in the big White House. Yeah. Where uh, the joke with me and my dad, where they literally repaint the walls, because <laughs> right, yeah. it's so Tarantino and so over the top. In yeah. there's everybody's getting shot. There's blood everywhere. Yeah, the Solid white blood. walls. The white walls are now literally painted red. Yeah. with the blood. Yeah, but it's just such a good action it's sequence. So good, and then the sound design as well. Mm. I remember. I think there's a part in it where 
the inner room like they're mm-hmm. in the like main corridor at the main in the house mm-hmm. and uh, like the way Django enters that room is through like backwards jumping shooting someone from we can't even see him <laughs> because they're off camera and I think the sound effect is like a, a bullet going but the sound effect coincides him like jumping backwards with a gun in his hand yeah and it's kind of like he's a bullet <laughs> I was like this is really good and uh yeah so many people, so many people die um, oh yeah like, like any Tarantino film I suppose but, but I just think it's so good. better than the other because I think Glorious Bastard is, is good yeah um I have to admit, I'm not the biggest fan of Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs. Really? Okay. They're not quite. I, I, I don't know. I'm just not quite. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent on the uh, non-linear storytelling. Yeah. Like I don't mind the non-linear story. I think like it's fun. Dunkirk. Yeah. Like, I really like Dunkirk. Birds of Prey. Yeah. Yeah. And Birds of Prey. But I just feel like it's done really randomly, mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily get the full weight of characters. Yeah actions and their individual stories mm. and Reservoir Dogs to me is I understand why it's iconic yeah but it's just a little I don't know I, I, it just doesn't click with me it's just not particularly engaging mm-hmm. but um, I've, that's just me yeah uh, mm-hmm. what do you think of um, Kill Bill 1 2 I prefer 1 okay why do I <laughs> Yes, I think I probably prefer one, but one's the one with the it's the massive one where they have to go. They have to go black and white. Yeah, yeah. Too uh, violent otherwise. I uh, I I think I have an unpopular opinion on that one. I prefer the second one. Do you? Yeah, I think yeah. that's my unpopular opinion on Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And what else is that? I actually quite like Eight for Eight. I think that's my favorite I, one. Do you? For me. I quite like Eight for Eight because even though. It's similar to Reservoir Dogs, yeah. and it's all in one room. One and they're, 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 again, they're trying to find whoever this person is or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, it just to me is so much more in- engaging. The twists and the shocks, yeah, hit you pretty hard. I was just so into it as well when I was watching it. Uh-huh. And I also like the. There's a bit right at the end as a spoiler, mm-hmm. where if the two of them that are left, obviously Samuel L. Jackson's character has the letter mm. that's fake yeah. from Lincoln. Yeah. And he gives it to um the The guy. That I know what you mean. Yeah, is it what Walton Goggins? Maybe. He's in the guy and I know what you mean though. <laughs> like, that's like the, the the whole point of it is that um uh, Kurt Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Kurt Russell's character loves the fact they've got a letter, and he completely buys it. Mm-hmm. And then they talk. He brings it up at dinner time, and then this guy, <laughs> one of the other guys, can recognise it as just this is fake. He, yeah. c- he can't possibly have that letter. Yeah. And then the guy that questions the letter and Samuel L. Jackson are the last two at the end. Yeah. And they're both of lying down because they've both been shot to hell. Yeah. And Everyone's then, been shot to hell. <laughs> and then it's like like a moment of reflection, and then <laughs> and then. And then the one that just called him out for it for the letters says, "Can I read it?" Yeah, and it, and he it gets like a bit at the bottom and he sort of giggles his ass. That's a nice, a nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then it just ends. Yeah, it is. I I really enjoyed the part as well where Quentin Tarantino talks to the audience. Never that part. Does he? Yeah, at a certain point, his voice comes over, and it's like, "Now, when you're watching this, what you didn't notice was that this person put poison in the teeth." Oh, is that Quentin Tarantino? Yeah, voice? that's his voice. Yeah. Oh. I was like, and then the child hits in it for a bit. Yes, he just gets shot straight away, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, easily. Um, I really do love that film quite a lot. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really underrated. I don't know why everyone didn't mm-hmm. kind of like it. Yeah. 
but yeah. Um, what else have I got on my list? Um, uh, so, for ones we've touched part upon recently, Birds of Prey is great. Yeah. Um, pirate sequels are classics. Yeah. Um, there's two positives. Uh, I <laughs> the most inflammatory on my list. I think Godfather Part Two is boring. Really? Part Two. Part Two. <laughs> this Part Two. I like Part One. Oh, I like okay. the God the Godfather. I yeah. like it. I think it's good. Yeah. I watched Godfather Part Two, and I was bored. Really? Okay. I just couldn't engage with it. Oh. Okay. Like the whole point of it. I really liked it. Of it being part prequel, part sequel. with Robert De Niro. Yeah. And then a bit with Michael. Michael. I'll be honest. I can't remember. I can't remember really? what Michael does. Uh, and I can't even remember what Robert I never liked it I think I liked it more actually mm-hmm. me but yeah obviously, obviously yeah. people consider it a classic so yeah. you know I must be wrong on some level have you seen Free? no I seen I've it. heard it's I've heard bad so I don't want to uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah that's. I think that's pretty much all my stuff I've got um, I um, think this is going to be really controversial okay here we go I really enjoy um, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah George Clooney Batman <laughs> Val Kilmer Batman Ice uh, Alan Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger Jim Carrey Riddler Pun Pun dishing out Yeah Tommy Lee Jones um, Two-Face Two-Face um, Oh god Uma Thurman Isn't that as well Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy Oh and Bane <laughs> Remember that Bane's in the Batman Robin His one line is Bomb Bomb that's what he does. Um, oh, now, why do I like this? Batman why do I, I Batman versus Robin? <laughs> Batman and Robin. Why do I like this movie? Uh, because it's so fucking fun. It, nothing, 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 nothing. Like, just makes any sort of remote. <laughs> like, here's a bat credit card. It's listen. It, it listen. Just like a bat weird nipples. world. Yeah, listen. Listen that world. And the thing is, I uh, think it's so fascinating you know, that <laughs> this is canonically a sequel to Batman and Batman Returns. How weird is that? To Michael Keaton? Yeah, yeah. They're like canonically the same Batman all throughout. <laughs> I always thought they were always rebooting. Oh, like, dear. Um, I suppose, yeah. I love these movies because whenever I watch them, I just have some fun. And I am amazed by how many lights are on set. How many neon lights I got on set for some reason? It's very colourful, isn't it? Very colourful, uh-huh. but like in a weird, like vibrant in your face way, not in like a cool light way. But like, there's so many. It I can't imagine someone writing the scripts. You know, I can't imagine <laughs> someone writing the scripts, which is why I think I love them so much. Because who wrote down a line? Oh, what killed the dinosaurs? The ice age. <laughs> and who thought? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, and I think it's, the amazing fact for me is like they were built to like make toys. They like they oh, were yeah. made to make toys, and the Batman Batmobile therefore has like a disco ball in it, and it has like weird like highlights and like just like different things. And the maybe air, he's going through a phase. Yeah, and like I think both films have two different versions, two different versions of the suits. So Batman, for no reason, like puts on a silver suit on at the end because toys. That's why. <laughs> and Batman Robin, they put on an ice suit, mm-hmm. but they don't doesn't do anything. Just a new suit, um, yeah. and it's all so over the top and it's the action is so like cartoon I I, I think I like the cartoon aspect I remember yeah. the kid actually is quite loud so I must admit yeah I haven't seen it in ages but mm. it when I think of it I just think very reminiscent of the 1960s yeah Adam West 
Oh, God. Batman. It's, it is that sequel. It's a sequel to that mm-hmm. with a higher budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the perfect moment, like perfect way to like illustrate the entirety of those two movies is the fact that, and the score of it, mm-hmm. is um, Batman Forever in the opening. <laughs> they're in like this, this bank vault being hanged by like a, a helicopter. It's being stolen by Two-Face. And Batman and the security guard are locked in it. And the security guard has this really comically high, like, campy voice going, It's boiling acid! Ah! He's, scream- <laughs> he's screaming like an idiot constantly, but he's so scared and so comical and, like, nasally. And he's clearly like, meant to be like that. And at a certain point, Batman says, Can I borrow your hearing aid? And he just pulls out, and the sound effect is a cork from a wine bottle, like being. <laughs> and then Batman, with his latex uh, head, mm-hmm. goes like this with an ear, with an ear. Uh, what do you call it? Head, what do you call it? Hearing, hearing aid. aid. He goes like this with a hearing aid against the. People listeners can't hear. He listens to like the thing, and like this a pound oh, wait, of so, latex so, between. So he lifts latex up. No, no, he puts it above oh. the latex. Like, like, he's got latex head, and he just puts it there, <laughs> and goes, I'm listening for, like, the lock mechanism, um, and I'm thinking, there's, a, there's like, a pound of latex between you and that. You're not hearing anything. And there's so <laughs> many points in it of, like, Batman's doing a backflip, and then he lands on the ground, and then punches a guy, and that, the sound would be like a, like a, what, what, what? And it'd be like a, <laughs> what do you call it? Oh, like, when someone's just over in a cartoon, and they're like, the, what would it be? Like that oh, sort of thing. Yeah. It, that happens many times. And oh, back credit yeah. card. It's so just like ah, oh, it's so good. It's so good. You know? <laughs> just cheesy. Yeah. It's I think it's definitely in the category of it's so bad it's good. Yeah, probably. It's so that, bad yeah. it's entertaining. Yeah. Like it's just fun to watch. Yeah. Like, what's gonna happen next? Also, like because it's made for kids, every other scene is an accent scene and way too over the top. So you never you never have to put any investment into it. Mm. You're just kind of watching it, glazing over, thinking, wow, a lot of colours are on screen. And that's it. <laughs> What's always amazed me about every Batman, until maybe recently, mm. particularly Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, and George Clooney, mm-hmm. that bat suit, the, the headpiece, headpiece is just so unpractical. Yeah. I mean, you see that like, Michael Keaton walking about with it, he's literally yeah. he's having to physically yeah. turn all the all way. The just he can't turn his head. Yeah, and he just looks like he looks like he's having to fight with a neck brace on. Yeah, for the big turns, I think at least for the first one, they got a, a ballet dancer uh-huh. in the suit to do it. It's <laughs> so, like imagine a ballet dancer oh. just in that suit of Malachi, like meant to be Malachi, and just doing a big turn, and that's it. Oh, I just think it's it's a classic, so isn't it? Fun. It's, it's so iconic. Fun. It's almost iconic now. <laughs> yeah, nips on the bat suit. Oh, and bat nipples. Bat. I don't, I don't think it's not just bat nipples. It's a bat. It's like eight pack and pecs. Yeah, why? Why and is it like, like, a... like a crotch thing and like all these other things? Oh, it's why so, is it? It's so fucking weird and so good. <laughs> you know? Ah. Oh. Because oh. hmm. you know, as the director going, now nah, this bat suit. What I want it to be? I want it to be the perfect man. And everyone goes, "What do you mean?" I mean, this a Greek god. <laughs> and then he undoes the suit and it's just. Val Kilmer, who's went to the gym once that week, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh well, I think that might bring us to an end. Uh, yeah, might do. <laughs> or maybe not. Batman and Robin. Yeah, I can't. Really... We ended on that. It's classic. I love it. Yeah, I think it's great. It now, I love Matrix. I just remember the. I love Matrix two and three as well. Okay, that's so it. End that in there. Oh, Sliding well, that in right yeah. at the end. Unfortunately, we don't have time to talk about that yeah. because I'm sure somebody will come bursting through that door in three minutes saying, "I've booked this." Let me in. Well, I'll, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. 
Fuck them. I don't. <laughs> I'd rather not. Nah, not like that. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Please give us a follow if you have enjoyed. Yeah. Um, brought to you by the Marvelous Cinema Podcast. Brought to you by Leeds Student Radio. Student Radio. Studio. Oh yeah. Studio. Studio. Student Radio. Student. Studio Radio. Would you like to say goodbye to the listeners? Um, yes, with my classic catchphrase stolen from that film, Truman Show. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and in case I don't see you, good night. Lovely. Lovely. Thank good you. Night. Bye.